Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Hello everybody, my name is Mike and welcome back to the Any Revs UK show, all things revolution from a UK perspective and welcome in to episode three. We are only a few days away now as the revolution looks to start its 2023 MLS season on the road to Charlotte and we've got a, a little bit to talk about in today's episode. Obviously, as of recent, you can tell the time of recording, they've just had the uh, season ticket holders members event. I'm not too sure. Season ticket members event. Season. I don't know. Whatever it's called, you've just been to it. Obviously, I've done a little bit of reading up to them. I'm not going to speculate too much on that because obviously I wasn't there. Um, I've I've read um, Sam Minton's write up over on the Blazing Musket. A must read if you didn't attend because it, it just or he just kind of packaged all the highlights. So um, also Caleb Pogatets, he kept us up to date on a. A Twitter thread as well, which is really good to see. Actually, quite a few people did a Twitter thread. I think, um, was it Liz? Uh, Liz McGovern? Apologies, I might have got your name wrong, but I know she also did a, a nice Twitter feed as well of the questions being asked. Uh, and I've seen some great photos from there as well. So, obviously, yes, I'm very jealous. Uh, but we're going to be talking about, obviously, a little bit of that. Talking about, obviously, bits of pre-season that we've seen. Obviously, I've watched the Orlando game. Uh, so, I'll kind of give my, I suppose... Just top end take on that one. It's nothing too in depth in today's episode because I'm saving the in depth analysis really for the uh, for the season opener. And I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Plus, I haven't got too much time to actually record this episode. So, let's start off with look back over the preseason and how we kind of think we fared. Then we'll talk about the season to get members event, and then we'll look into um, how we think we're going to line it up against Charlotte and kind of what I suppose we think that they might pose in terms of a threat. Because I think that's the biggest thing for us about obviously what what Charlotte could obviously uh, pose in, a, in in some kind of threat towards the revolution, and we have to get off to winning ways. But we'll we'll talk about preseason first of all. So obviously not really much to go on. Uh, obviously Seth over at the Blazing Musket did a really good uh, analysis. Um, he's, he's done a write up over there, so that that'll be definitely highly recommended to go and, and check that out. Um, but for me, obviously watching the Orlando match. Um, First of all, I think it was a good test event to have. It's it actually kind of quite pleasing to see that Apple had decided to put the test, rather than just going live on the first game of the season and then falling over, um, it was good to see that they kind of pre-thought, you know, there was a few little minor issues here and there. Uh, but overall, I think it was it was fairly, it was good. I like the pre-game show. That was good. Obviously, I miss Brad and Charlie, but it was great to see the news that obviously they're going to be over on the, is it 98.5 radio station, going to be doing the, the uh, game commentary from there. So obviously you've got an alternative option if you want to mute whatever's going on in the game and obviously listen to the radio. I think that's always an option, which is really good to see that they've been kept on as well. That was um was a huge announcement from the from the Revolution Camp, which is weird to say, isn't it, that they're you know keeping those two, but it's um but it's nice from a from a community and uh, and a family and a you know that kind of well being. Nothing that's driving the club forward or anything, but just nice sometimes, you know, you you've got to remember about the, the fans and the community and and uh, you, these little things that might seem little to the club is actually kind of 
well respected by a lot of the fan base. So it was a, a round of applause for the, uh, the the front office there on that one or the back office, whoever made the decision on that one. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think the preseason was good. We've seen some good minutes from players. Uh, Bulmer getting a, you know a good array of minutes, um, which was which was pleasing to see. I think it was more probably trying to find out where he fits into in terms of the Revolution eleven and kind of what he can kind of offer. It's the same with like uh, Christian Moncur as well. I think it was very similar to them. Got good good number of minutes again, just trying to figure out where best suits him, and possibly also. Uh, the flip side of that is also just to embed them into the team and kind of so they know their expectations when they are playing in these different positions because I, I imagine there's going to be times when we do see Bulmer utilised as a utility person and you're going to see maybe popping up at left-back, maybe at right-back, maybe even at centre-back, uh, defensive midfield. You know, I th- And I think he needs to know what the expectation of is is from him, from the coaching team in that lineup as well. So if we are playing a three... What's his, you know, what's he doing at right wing back, left wing back? Uh, if we're playing with the back four, what's he doing at right back? Uh, if he's playing in in a pivot, you know, in a two man pivot and a one man pivot, I think it's good to kind of embed them, get the expectation of them really early, um, and and I suppose that kind of brings me on to to away from obviously you know it's good to see that the youngsters getting minutes as well, obviously Jack P. Um, Esmir and Noel Buckle getting a good array of minutes as well. Obviously, concerning obviously that we didn't see any obviously Gustavo Bow because he's still not in the country or he may be in the country. Now, I'm not too sure, but he wasn't in the country at the time of um, last time I checked. But uh, I think it's all been kind of resolved now. But still, obviously, no time with the with the team at all, and no time for him to embed with the the new players and the new systems and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think we'll be seeing much from him in game day one. He might he may come off the bench if we're if we're desperate, but. I honestly think he'll be turning to people like Bobby Wood uh, in this incidents if we are looking for um, something off the bench uh, and, and maybe saving Gustavo for a, for a few games' time. But in terms of kind of obviously what we've seen from um, the perspective of the, of the of the preseason as such, and we'll kind of mostly just be talking about the Orlando game here because I've already kind of covered the other bits and bobs of what we know and, and little bits of leaked footage and, and so on and so forth, but. In terms of the Lander game, for me, the biggest concern is, and again, it's it's good that we're kind of doing these things in pre-season, I suppose, because it's it's at the end of the day, you can it's, what mistakes, you know, they have got the positives because hopefully, but only positive if you can learn from that and and not to make that mistake again. Because as you say, if we are making mistakes in pre-season, it's a good time to make them so we can get them right. But the only positive is if you do that and actually get it right. So it's, um, I suppose it's a, uh, it could be a win-win, but it also could be a, 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 a massive loss because if, if people like Brandon Boy aren't learning and, and Dawn Jones shuts on this and I think it was mentioned in the season, um, the uh, syndicate holders meeting as well about um, the players just sometimes switching off, especially towards the back end of games. And I think that was very apparent last season, the amount of times when you actually look across our last season, we, we drew so many games and we threw points away just very late on in games as well, which is literally what Dewan and Bruce kind of alluded to, the fact that Snow's players just, they don't switch on for the full 90 minutes, which is unacceptable as a professional athlete. You're getting paid to do a job. If I was at my job and I switched off um, for 20 minutes or something and it led to a, you know, a mistake, that I'd be penalised for that. So... You know, it's you got to be hold, hold people to account no matter what job they're doing, and especially 
Yeah, these are these are athletes, and while we, you know, everyone makes mistakes. You know, it's 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 part of life. But consistent mistakes—that's when there's an issue. Because, as I said, you know, I, I one of the sayings I like to to not really live by, but I like to follow is forget the mistake, uh, remember the lesson. So, because as I, as I said, like everyone in the world is going to make a mistake at some point. Like no one is perfect. You're going to make a mistake, but it's how you react to that mistake and, and making sure that that mistake, you know, while you forget kind of the negativity around it and all that kind of stuff, you, but you remember the lesson that you've learned from it. So if it is that, you, you know, you made a mistake because you've let a player come in behind, you know, pull out wide and then cut inside last minute and get on the back post to score the game-winning goal, then you've got to remember, OK, next time, especially when I'm playing against that player, this is what I like to do. And, and this is where, you know, while it is the player's responsibility to do that, but also it's the analyst's job to bring these kind of things to the player's attention that this player likes to do this. He's been doing it a lot this season. So, you know, make sure we, we, we keep him outside as much as we can because he's going to look to quit inside, but keep him on his weak foot, keep him outside. These are all the kind of things that I'm presuming is happening within the revolution. And I'm presuming they're going to look back at a lot, a lot of tape from last season and look back at them. Last minute kind of goals, you know, the last kind of, uh, 10 minutes of the game goals that we conceded especially ones where we dropped points and to look to kind of really solidify the defensive lineup because even still in pre-season now the biggest thing that I kind of was wary of was, was our defensive transition for, so obviously when we've been on the front for, for a bit we do seem to still get caught just all over the place and out of out of position so it's why it's making me think that I think that Bruce will be almost scared to go with a one-man pivot because of the passing lanes and stuff that 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 gives the you know attacking team options um, when we're in def- defensive transition, um, especially because our fullbacks just push so far up sometimes it would leave us very exposed. And I think a back three, um, if we're playing a back four with one pivot, it just doesn't work. Um, so I think it'd have to have to be a two man pivot. The only way we could counterbalance that is if we are playing a back f- you know three or five. So we've got three centre-backs and then a, a Matty Pulsar sitting in front because that still then gives us a four-man back line. And hopefully, obviously, the um, the, the two wing-backs can then push back in as well. So what the way I'd like to see it going, it's quite hard to visualise, especially when I've got nothing to, to visualise it for you. But if you think about, say, for example, um, we line up with Farrell, that kind of right centre-back, uh, Romney at the, in the centre, and then we've got uh, Henry Kessler as kind of left centre-back. Got Dewan Jones on the left, Brandon Byte on the right hand side. So we we'll line up with kind of a five man back five. We're in an attacking phase of play. Dewan and Brandon have gone forward, so that kind of leaves us about three. Matty Polster's kind of in between, so he's, he kind of hasn't gone forward. He's still kind of available. Um, the Revolution lose the ball, inevitable um, as it is. And, uh, you know, the, the way team are, or the other team are looking to counter onto us. What should happen then is while Dewan and Brandon are trying to get back. Like it should almost be that Matt Polster just slots in, probably at centre back, if I'm being brutally honest here, or at right back, either one of them are preferable. And Andrew plays the other role of that one. So either Andrew goes to right back or plays centre back. Um, Romney kind of stays as centre back at all times. And then you've got um, you've got Henry Kessler playing kind of left back. So you've still got a back four. And then what happens then is Dewan and Brandon just pull back and they just slot into any position they can do. So if it is out wide, then great, because that's where they're more natural. But if they have to kind of play centre-back, we've kind of seen Brandon play a little bit of centre-back. wasn't great, but, you know, for a guy who's not probably played there in a while, it, it, you know, you can't expect that much from him. Um, 
and especially when it's you know probably the first time he's played in that position for a while, and also kind of trying to understand the mentality of what Bruce wants from his centre backs. It's probably quite a lot to take in, so it's not something that's just going to happen overnight. But you know the, the ability is there. I mean, Brandon's a, a big guy as well um, in terms of stature and, and height. Uh, Dewan obviously is more athletic. He's, he's slightly smaller, but he's still good in the air. We've seen plenty of times when uh, Dewan battling in the air. So I think that's for me how it kind of works. And I think you know I've seen also times when we were trying to kind of play out from the back. And again, it was probably something that Bruce wanted to try and to implement. But I just don't think, if I am being honest here, that we have the personnel to do that because that was quite apparent. And I'm hoping that that kind of thing is knocked in the head. Um, it's something, you know, while it's been nice to see Revolution playing all this nice kind of on the ground football passing out from the back and all this kind of stuff. If we've not got the personnel, I hope we don't try and just persist with it because I see teams in the Premier League doing it all the time. And it's just like, from a fan's perspective, when I've been to... I went to go and watch uh, Aston Villa versus Leeds United uh, a few weeks ago now. And um, and I, being a Leeds fan, um, obviously it was kind of fun for me to see, but I could see the Villa fans were getting very frustrated. Although they got the three points in the day, that... Um, that they were passing around at the back a lot and they were making a lot of silly mistakes as well. And Leeds were, if we were more clinical on the day, we could definitely could have took three points away. One at a minimum, um, but definitely should have took three points away from that game if we had a bit more, um, you know, as I said, we were clinical in front of goal and made them pay for their mistakes because the amount of times they were playing, you can audibly hear how frustrated the Villa fans were getting because, again, they just sometimes, if you've, if a, a full manager's built a team, you've not kind of got them personnel in. And obviously, Bruce has had time to bring them per- people in. Um, and, he, and maybe that's Romney. I, I can't really see him as a, a massive ball-playing defender, but you know maybe he's better than the other two we've got. But in terms of the ones we've got, well, I don't think they've got, you know, terribly bad at put, you know, bringing the ball down and playing it. I think for that, knocking it around the back and just kind of trying to create space. We've got people further forward that can do that. I mean, get, you know, Matt, Matt Polster is a great distributor of the ball. Um, Noel Buck looks like he's got an absolute ping and a half on him. You know, we've got Jack P, we've got Esmir as well. We've got Carlos, who can just work absolute magic with the ball. We've got all of these gifted players slightly further forward, so I'm not too sure why, you know, we're having to kind of slow the pace down and and play it through at the back because on multiple occasions, it was, you know, it, it seemed like it was causing us an issue. Um, so, I don't know, the, the biggest thing for me is that if we carry on with that way of thinking and playing, then that could cost us dearly. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the pre-season, it was, it was good. I think it was a, a good, actually solid pre-season. Obviously, results didn't always go away. It was great to obviously get the, the W on the last game of the season against, especially when it's always good to get a W over at Orlando as well. Um, well, I don't think the performance was... This, the the best performance again and this is the kind of revolution that I think we missed last season so if you remember in the 2021 season I think most teams uh, most teams most fans will well hopefully admit that you know we, we I know it's, it's hard to say this and it's weird to say this as well that we probably we weren't the best team in the league I know we got the highest points in the leagues ever scored and we, and we won the shield which was obviously absolutely amazing but Footballing-wise, we weren't the best team, but what we did really well was we managed to grind out results. So even when we weren't playing well, which is what we did against Orlando, because if you look back on the game and take them lovely red-tinted glasses off, and if you were honest with the overall performance, you'd probably say that 
definitely it probably should have ended in a draw. If not, if you're being brutally honest with yourself, that Orlando probably should have come away with that one. Because they were, I'd say, the better of the two sides footballing-wise. But again, we were, the most, we were the more clinical on the day, so that was what was the positive. That's what hopefully we can kind of build on and take that mentality into the season going forward. Um, so that's kind of all I've really got to say on terms of pre-season. And I think it was a solid pre-season. We kind of, I think we took a lot away from it. We learned a lot. We learned a lot of things not to do. We a lot of things that we are good at. We learned that we've got three very excited young talents in the squad. And hopefully they'll get minutes. We've learned that obviously Barrero has, you know, I think he's going to have an upset, you know, a breakout season. Uh, you know, we learned that the, my prediction of Bobby Wood finishing second in the Revs goal uh, scoring chart probably isn't going to come true because he was practically invisible. But I'm hoping that was just him getting to know the team, and hopefully when he is called upon and when he, we aren't, we do need him. We will be able to come up and uh, perform big for the for the revolution. Yeah, but only time will tell. I will talk about predictions, obviously, towards the end of today's episode. But I've also got to think, talk about a big, massive thing that was actually announced yesterday, um, which I won't touch much much on because I've not really done too much reading into it. Um, I did tweet out about it about obviously the change to the MLS playoff things. While I I am a see. I'm a fan of a lot of things that, that that MLS does. I do find it very exciting. I love the Super Draft. I do kind of like the playoffs, but also I don't. I I like the fact that you know that there's kind of a big tension towards the the end of the season, and and um, even if you finish eight ninth this season, you've still got a shot of of uh, lifting the cup at the end of the season and being championed as the, the champions. That's the only thing I don't like is the fact that if you win the league, it should be paraded more because you've won the league. You're the best team out of every other team in that season. Just because you've then gone on and won the cup, that that, that can be, you know, everything goes kind of, kind of goes out the window of that one. Um, and I haven't got the statistic to hand, but I, I don't know how many, you know, the percentage of teams that finish first win the sport shield go on to win the cup i imagine it's probably not above 50 um but it's just a massive knock on the season because if you win the league it it should be it should be huge massive you're the best club over 34 games that is undeniable then you go into like the playoff format which i do like because it brings that extra level of excitement it should almost be like a an end of season cup completely separate from the league and not champions as much as it is um, but then obviously they've messed around with that thing now. Like you, literally, as I said, you can finish ninth and end up winning the cup. And I tweeted out as well that this is absolutely no disrespect to Vancouver because I've got I've got no ill ill feelings towards the Vancouver franchise at all. Um, but they had a, a stinky season, slightly better than ours. But um, on the grand scheme of things, they can they finish with a minus seventeen goal difference, um, and they would have potentially could have gone on to win the cup uh which just seems so disheartening imagine if you imagine if you've won every single game you've got through to the mls cup final you've you've right okay we'll take the revolution as a as a good example the highest scoring points ever in mls season we go on we get to the final of the mls cup against a team that finished ninth just straight through conceded 23 goals drawn a load of games but only won like six just, just scraped through by the skin of the teeth absolute you know real poor or bang average at best season and in the 93rd minute nil nil when they go and score a goal and they've won the cup 
just how deflating, because of how high on the pedestal that the MLS Cup has kept, just how deflating would that be for a lot, especially the homegrown players, that the American players, because they know how much that means. Whereas I think, you know, sometimes it's probably quite hard for some of the foreign players to understand that, you know, if they've won the league, they're like, this is huge, I can't believe it, my first season or whatever, I've won, I've won the league with the club. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing I can't understand. And I, I, But I'm going to say that I'm not a big fan of the expansion now because it's just giving, it's just almost making the league not pointless, but in a way pointless because, and I'm not going to dwell on, promotion and relegation too much but you've you've got no you've got no penalty for for coming last and you've now got more of an opportunity now for having a really stinky season but still actually getting into the playoffs and then going on to win the MLS Cup which is the prestige cup you're rewarding people for mediocrity which is just ridiculous but as I said I don't want to get into too much because I, I obviously I am very passionate about MLS and I'm very passionate about the revolution and I don't want to start bad mouthing the competition and, and getting in people's bad books because my opinion is that I don't like it but I'm not going to sit here and, and start knocking it because that's not really my place to say it, but I can fully you know hopefully everyone can respect that I'm allowed to give an opinion but we will move on to um the season holders event, season members event, or whatever it's called as well. It seemed like it was a really good event, very well done, very well organised. Um, some really good questions were asked, some not so good ones. But again, you've got to kind of give that, you know, mix of people. You've got these casual fans that are coming to it. You've got kids that go to it as well. I love the fact that someone called out Omar, Omar Gonzalez. That kid deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame, Revolution Hall of Fame. Um, just now to give it to him or her, sorry, them, they, I don't know the gender. And uh, let's move on. But it was, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'd like, I would have liked more kind of serious questions to be asked as well, if if at all possible. Um, but I understand obviously sometimes you're going to get you know a handful of of questions about like who's your favourite football player and all that kind of stuff because you know you have got some younger kids there as well. So which is, which is fine and great. It's great that they're included and allowed to speak as well. So. Um, but yeah, I would have liked a few more just pressing questions. Uh, obviously, I know Bello didn't get the nicest response when he was on about moving the, the parking spots from uh, 4C to 3B, I think it was. Um, so that wasn't very well received. Um, and I think somebody did mention that while he said it was only a 30 second difference, that is for an able body person walking probably you know, a, a decent pace. But if you're not an able body person, it's going to be very much different for you. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it looked like a good event. Um, I really like it. I wish they would kind of, I don't know, I'm not going to say some of the reporters um, kind of more time maybe, but it would be nice if some of the, especially kind of the media outlets who promote and uh, talk about revolution a lot more were allowed maybe a separate or after hours one as well, where they got to ask a few more. Because I think that one should be allowed for the uh, fans um, to have kind of that open day and, and ask the questions that they kind of want to know about their favourite players, you know, what kind of talk about, what does Bruce eat for breakfast, all that kind of stuff. Because I think that's nice and that's a really good community building and giving you a little bit of an insight into some of the coaches and, and back office teams' minds and mindsets and, and, and makes it a little bit more personal and, and humanised, if you will. But I would like also a separate one where the media team get to ask them awkward questions as well to make the them feel a bit uncomfortable which i think that we do need to start doing a bit more now when you start prodding them a little bit more to get some more answers out of them and not kind of just accepting when they're just not really giving us an answer because there needs to be more transparency within the revolution i think a lot of people can agree with that but overall i think the the event i think it's great um i really like it i wish i could attend um 
but obviously it's a little bit far for me to uh, just jump on a plane and get over there um but um so we're kind of finishing that one off i've got to wrap up very shortly guys when i kind of move on now to my thoughts and opinions against the, uh, the the charlotte game and kind of how i think we'll line up and then how i would like to see us line up and obviously uh just kind of what i think charlotte will or bring to us um so we're, we're literally what about three days away now i think it is it depends on when you're listening to this um but at the time of recording we're about three three days away from um from game day and it's going to be yeah an, an interesting one for, for sure i think we can we can definitely say that it's it's going to be i think when you when you think back to to charlotte i think a lot of revolution fans were, were probably thinking that you know we weren't going to have too much trouble um last season and 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 they, they did it, it it was not um it was not a fun time for the revolution obviously we managed to pick up a uh, a victory obviously at home but we also uh, first game against them we we lost 3-1 and um, was was um i think it was a Carlos Hill penalty and that one uh, that kind of uh, i think we, we drew us back to 1-1 if i remember correctly and then we just actually completely capitulated and uh, their polish striker um scored an absolute screamer and then i can't remember who scored the second one i think it was that young young lad uh, ben bendner i think it was I can't fully remember, but I just, I just remember overall that the match wasn't a comfortable watch for me. Um, I think while we had a good amount of possession of the ball and we had a fair few shots that I just remember not a lot of them shots hitting uh, target at all. Uh, the reverse fixture of it, though, again, I think was a weird one because th- this was one where kind of almost old um, revolution sticks to mind because it was a game when I don't think we played particularly well at all. Um, I, I just seem to remember that they had a ton of the ball, even though we were at home. Um, I think the shots were kind of like fairly equal. Um, maybe we had slightly more, but I think we were shooting out of desperation a lot of times. The biggest thing for me that I remember though is that Matt Polster scored a goal because um, that guy is on the football field an absolute legend. Um, but yeah, I ju- I just think that we we've got to be wary. I think we're not going to go into this game thinking that this is a, a three points for us because it's not. I think they're going to be a club that's going to be there or thereabouts. Charlotte are this season. I think they're going to be a club that we have to take serious. That you know they're at home as well. Their fans are going to be right beyond the first game of the season. In their second season, uh, they've made some good transitions, uh, some good transactions as well. I think it's going to be. Um, it's it's going to be a tough one for sure, and I don't think we should underestimate them, um, in the slightest in the slightest way. Because I think if we do, I think we'll end up with the same result as last season. You know, it could be another three one, which we don't want to see. Um, and everything I've kind of seen from and well read, I suppose from pre season and, and limited time that I've I've seen, obviously I've seen a full ninety minutes, but it it just seems that um, that this one could be. <laughs> potential banana skin uh, for us and obviously I don't want to start the season off on anything negative so uh, obviously last season they finished ninth in the conference uh, they didn't qualify for the um, the MLS Cup playoffs and uh, I think they got to the last 16 of the US Open Cup as well um, but obviously you know they've, they've bought in some some good players I mean for, for me um, the fact that they bought in Ashley Westwood um, that could be huge because um, I think he's a quality player Um for this, I think he was a, gr- a good player for the Premier League. I think he was an even better player, obviously, in the Championship when he dropped down. And I think he could be an absolute menace in the 
um, in the MLS this season. So, um, and they've brought in Enzo Kopiti, Kopiti as well from uh, Racing Club. Obviously, Gustavo Bo's old team. Um, again, I think you know, I think good transactions all round. I think it's um, just added little bit, little bits of um, depth to their to their eleven. Uh, I think obviously, you know, bringing in uh, a really good. From what it seems, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say I know a lot about Enzo, but from from little bits of videos I've I've watched, um, he seems like he's definitely going to be a handful. Um, I think they're going to be playing him. Uh, I can't ever imagine they're going to be playing like maybe a front three, um, with uh, the two. Is it, are they both Polish? They definitely both have Polish surnames. Uh, Sadwinski and Jowaki. I don't know how you pronounce either names, uh, and Enzo as well. Um, I think Westwood just slots in the centre midfielder. I think he'll be really good at breaking up plays and starting plays. He's got an absolute beast and a half of a foot on him. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's it's going to be a tough one for us. Um, and I, I say as long as we don't underestimate it, I think we should do well. Um, I think we will line up in in terms of what I think Bruce will choose in the day. I think we will line up in a in a kind of four four. Two little variation. I think it will be a, a, a four-two-two diamond formation, though, um, or, or maybe like a. I suppose it may be, maybe more like a five, a four-five-one actually, uh, but almost like a, a diamond as well. Um, so I think it will be. Obviously, um, Petrovic in goal. I do think we do see a start for Dewan Jones at left back. Um, we then see Dave Romney and. Andrew Farrell at centre back with Brandon Boy starting a right back. We start with Noel Book and Matt Polster as the kind of eight and six roles. We then in front of them two we will have Colos Hill in the middle with a narrowing um, Barrero and Jack P. So not really out on the widest wings, just kind of a three man attacking midfield, I suppose it would be seen. And then we'll start with uh, Giamaco Veroni up front. Um, and I can see, uh, you know, I can see the likes of Bobby Wood making the field as well. I think we'll possibly get, there could be a call for, one thing I forgot to mention in the season tickets members event, the biggest question was answered all. And I loved it when it was asked, the fact that Emma Boateng will be a revolution player. And this this is what just reminded me of that, is that I do think, again, we'll see him suited up for the game. He'll be brought on towards the, the back end of the game, last 20 minutes to go, especially if we're, we're looking for something to happen. But yeah, I think Bobby Wood makes the, from the bench, I think we see Bobby Wood and probably Boateng coming on. Uh, and if he does use another sub, um, I suppose we might possibly see Depend, it would depend on obviously results and how the game's going, but I suppose we could see Christian come off the bench uh, to kind of maybe just solidify the, the midfield a little bit more, depending on obviously how, how, how Noel Book's getting done. But I think that's how we will see them line up. In terms of what I would like to see, obviously I'm a big fan of that five at the back kind of formation. Um, so I would like it to see it as uh, Petrovic in goal, a back three of Farrell, Romney and Kessler. Dwan Jones on the left, Brandon Bay on the right as wing backs, then Matt Polster sitting as the defensive midfielder. Um, and then I suppose when you look up top, I suppose we'd go what would we do then? I haven't as always I've not written anything down or any prepared anything, because that's that's just the way we rolled here over at the Anywhere's UK show. Um so we've got five uh 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd then probably see Carlos Hill and Barrero in front of Matt Polster. Um, kind of narrow as well. That would work, wouldn't it? Because we've got uh, five, six, eight. Yeah, and then two up top. So see um, Veroni and Bobby Wood up top. Um, but also what I would actually quite like to see is Bob, uh, is um, Veroni up top with Jack P just playing off off his shoulder as like kind of an orthodox uh, shadow striker or something like that. I think he could be really good in that kind of pocket area of picking up space. And obviously, if that's not working, you just swap him and, and Carlos out or him and Barrero out. It's, it could be an interchangeable, which I'd like to see us do more of. Um, that won't happen, though. That's not going to happen in a million years. Um, I do think that we will play the... Um, the kind of, I suppose, how would it be seen on paper? I suppose it would be like a 4-2-3-1 formation more than anything. That's what I think the revolution will rock. In terms of predictions, we'll go for the game. I predict a, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go strong here. Now. I'm going to hope that we manage to keep them quiet and actually keep, get a clean sheet game day one. I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory to the revolution. Um, in terms of realistic predictions, I think it's going to be a 1-1. But, you know, we'll keep that under our, our hats until... Um, until we kind of see a little bit more. It's quite hard to judge first games because especially with limited resources to handle over the media teams out there have been doing a really good job of trying to get as much coverage as we can. Um, but yeah, 2-0 two, two is my my hopeful prediction, realistic prediction. We're going to go 1-1. One, one. Um, in terms of overall for the season, I've already mentioned this, we'll finish fourth. That's a massive prediction. That is fourth because, you know, again, Fourth for the season, but minimum expectation. We've got to make playoffs. We can't. We can't not make playoffs. That's ridiculous, especially now they've made it even easier. Um, but yeah, so we're uh, we're going to finish fourth in the conference, and we're going to going to go on to win the MLS Cup. Because if I don't believe, then what's the point? And then I don't know. I I think Roni could could take the top spot in terms of goal scorers. For the for not for just for the revolution for the MLS, I think it could be if he finds his form and doesn't in a Butzker esque season this season, it could be huge. Um, in terms of, uh, I think that's probably about it. I don't, I don't, I don't think it would win much else. Um, Noel Book could get named as um, young player of the season. Um, comeback could be Bobby Wood, he could be in with a shout depending on how his season goes. Uh, in terms of newcomer, I don't think we've got really anyone. Jack P, I suppose, could be in that bracket, but then would he not win young player? Um, in terms of newcomer, I don't know if anyone else... We've, have we signed anyone from outside of the league? I think we have signed anyone from outside of the league, have we? I can't think if we've signed anyone from outside. No, I think we've all been internal purchases, if I am correct, this season. I'm probably wrong. Um, but yeah, I think... Overall, I think we're gonna have, we we've got to have a good season. We've got we can't have a another last season. I think we was, um, I think Bruce didn't do the best job of of kind of embedding the new players that we bought in, and we bought them in at kind of wrong times. And it wasn't you know they didn't, they've got a, they've had a full preseason now. They've had a kind of back end of last season, a full preseason of the club. Hopefully, they're a little bit more embedded, a little bit more comfortable with what the expectations of the coaching team is, and hopefully the revolution can go on and have an absolute cracking season. Um, so anyway guys if you've uh, enjoyed listening then please be sure to I don't even know drop a follow a share a like all that kind of 
podcasty stuff because I don't know where you listen to this. If you could actually go over, follow me on Twitter. It's at, at Indie UK. Um, if you've managed to stumble across this podcast and get this far as well. So one, first of all, thank you for stumbling across the podcast. Two, you're an absolute legend for listening to me rambling for this long. Uh, three, go and support all independent revolution media. Um, so the Blazing Musket, um, Tanner Rabella, uh, he's, he does a, a Tanner, Tanner, Rebe- is that his name? T- Tanner's notebook as well. He does an amazing write-up um, thing. Uh, go and subscribe to both of their substacks. Absolutely amazing. I think if you do sign up for the Blazing Musket one, I think on the paid one, I think you get Tanner's stuff included into that as as well. Um, you've got Caleb Pogatetz. Uh, he's writing for a company that I can't remember. But if you just type in Caleb Pocketets to Twitter, you'll you'll find his stuff. Um, you've got um, Golden Hand. He's doing uh, random spaces, much like me, just randomly popping up every now and again. And he has some very much different takes to a lot of the club. Um, sorry, a lot of the fan base. But he has some very honest. He's always a very honest person. Uh, a lot of hot takes that come out of that guy's mouth, and a lot of truth as well. Um, so definitely going be worth going showing out him some love. Um, you've got obviously the Rebellion. Uh, amazing supporting supporters group. Obviously, you've got the Midnight Riders as well. Not to, to knock anything. I, I'm part of the rebellion, but you know, each each to their own. If you if you're you're a rebel or a, a rebellion, um, that that wasn't right. If you're if you're a rebel or a rider, um, we're both supporting the same team at the end of the day. So, much love to everyone who supports the revolution just in general. Um, but yeah, there's 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 so many people um, producing contests. Uh, Gustavo Lopez as well. Gus Lopez. He's uh, he's got he's always got something in his pocket. He has. He always has. I don't know where he gets his information from, but he always manages to get the the best and finest information, and especially when it's anything to do with anything Brazilian as well. Which obviously we have a good scouting network in Brazil. Um, but yeah, there's there's some really good people out there. Um, there's the Revolution Confidential podcast as well, uh, which is a Patreon only podcast but again well worth your listen you've got andy over at boston nation as well uh, he's producing some absolute sterling content at the moment so there's just so much content out there uh, there's loads more that i haven't mentioned so i do apologize always away days as well i know their clubs and expanding a little bit more so hopefully we should see some a little bit more content which is part of the rebellion uh, umbrella i suppose they've fallen to that umbrella as well um but uh you know big things coming from them so yeah, I think the more media out there, the more people that are talking, writing uh, about the, the revolution, the, the better. So please show your support for everyone. Even if you're not a huge fan of the person, maybe writing or talking the content, just give it a retweet, especially if it's kind of like a well-written blog that you kind of agree with a lot of the things. It doesn't really matter about the person behind it. And there's a lot of people that sometimes ruffle my feathers on the hashtag. But at the end of the day, they're out there speaking their opinion about the revolution, and some people are, 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 you know, are feeding off that opinion and agree with it. Then great, that, that means more people are, are kind of getting on the bandwagon of, of supporting the revolution, which is what we all want to see. We all want people to consume the media of the revolution, and it might not be my take. People might not like my take. People might not like my accent. They might think, what the hell? Why? Why are you talking about our club for? I get it. It's not for everyone, but you know, there's loads more media out there, and and I like to try and highlight it as much of it as I can because you know, it's um people are putting their own time and effort into to doing this, and I think it should be rewarded by even just giving it a quick retweet. What you know, especially like if you read through it and think you know this guy making you know this 
person, sorry, is making some good points here. Like, just give it a retweet, get, get some more eyes on it. So, um, much love to absolutely everyone in the soccer independent media um, aura, but also anyone who's producing media content or anything to do with the revolution. Uh, a load of respect out to you guys. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode, guys. Um, I'm very mindful that I do talk fast a lot of the times. I do try and slow it down, but sometimes I forget and I get passionate and I start talking really, really fast. And I know my audio quality isn't the best as well, uh, but um, we have to work with what we've got. Um, but anyway, guys, hopefully you're all keeping safe and doing well. And uh, I know you're all pumped for the game. Literally three days, three days time. We're going to see the revolution fully suited up and in full action, full 90 minutes. Um, it's going to be absolutely amazing. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully you guys are as well. Let's go revolution. And I'll catch you guys very, very soon.